0: I'm going to try really hard to copy what I did first service, because I thought it was. It turned out all right, I hope. Because um, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit gave me several things that weren't on my notes, and I was like, all right, Lord, you got to give me that again. Um, so first, good morning. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I am really nervous. You can't see, but my eye right here is twitching really bad. I don't know why it just started as Tim was talking. Um, but first, I just want to start... Um, You know, our series is a little bit of wisdom, and my part in this is is wisdom in worship. And so, I wanna start with a Proverbs. It's Proverbs 14, 27. It says, the fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, turning a person from the snares of death. Another translation says, to worship God in wonder and awe opens a fountain of life within you. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, help amen well it's one of my favorite prayers from Tim because um, it's quick um, so <clears throat> I want to give just a little bit about me and who I am Tim talks about himself all the time so I figured I'd take a moment and tell you a little bit more about me um, so I started playing and singing guitar when I was about 15 16 years old um, a friend of mine had a guitar her dad was teaching her because he was a worship leader and she taught me an E minor chord and the rest is history. I'm self-taught and still after all these years, so I was 16, I'm 35, like almost 20 years of playing guitar. Um, I still feel very insecure in my craft. There's many times where <clears throat> I'm with other musicians and I'm like, man, I cannot do that. I can't do that. I don't, I don't know how to read sheet music, y'all. Uh, chords are my lifesaver, um, but God has called me, he's anointed me, and he has given me a talent for a reason and a purpose. And I answer to that call. Amen. I'm not going to cry. Okay. So I moved to Lakeland when I was about 19, right before I turned 19, as part of the Master's Commission program. And um, it was a mini- ministry internship. Um, and that's how I met Tim. Tim. And met my husband and met several others right here in this church. And um, it was just amazing. Uh, And then that's when Tim was talking about we would worship. Because all we had to do was ministry. We didn't do anything else. So we'd literally, like, sit in the chapel and just, like, worship and pray for, like, two and three hours at a time. It was the best, y'all. It was great. And then leaving that and coming out to the world, it was the worst. (laughs) Um, and my husband, like Tim said, my husband and I have been part of um, the way since the birth, since it started. And it's just been such an honor to be part of it this whole time and To see where it's come and the people that have come in this place and been rejuvenated, who've been healed, who've been set free and then gone out and did worship. It always stinks when people leave to go do like ministry somewhere else because we're like, oh, we want them here too. Um, But it's such a blessing to like see what comes in and then what leaves and the change that the Lord brings. So today in my sermon of a little bit of wisdom in worship, I want to dive into... The who, the what, the why, where, and how of worship. So first, who are we worshiping? All right, participation, here we go. I don't like it quiet, so that's why you always hear me amen and stuff like that. Um, It's the easiest question I ask all day, right? We're worshiping God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, that's who we're here to give glory and praise to, that's what our life is all about. Several weeks ago, Pastor Tim preached a message where we stood up as a body and spoke of different attributes of God. We said that he is the Alpha and the Omega, this is just to name a few. The beginning and the end, our shepherd, our counselor, our healer, our savior, our rock, our helper, our everlasting God. It's probably one of the more powerful messages that I've been a part of because it wasn't about what Tim was preaching on, but it was about shifting our focus off of ourselves and onto who he is and what he is and what he has done. I love it in Exodus when God has called Moses, you know, to go free the children of Israel. And he says, well, who do do I say sent me? And he says, I am who I am. And we still stand on that promise today that he is, I am. So what is worship? I looked up as I'm studying this, um, I found a Webster's um, definition from 1828. Um, But it just was so powerful to me. Worship is to honor with extravagant love and extreme submission. Another definition, more biblical definition, is the full life response. So a full life response, the head, the heart, and the hands to who God is and what he has done. In Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. For this is the first and greatest commandment. We've heard Tim preach on it many times. On that is the first and greatest commandment, to love God with everything that we are. Yeah. With everything that we have. I was reading an article, and um, a lady named DeLesslin. Ken Brew. I knew I was going to say that wrong, but hopefully that's right. But it said, I just loved this. And it said, true worship is defined by the priority we place on who God is in our lives, where God is on our priorities. True worship is a matter of the heart expressed through a lifestyle of holiness. True worship is a matter of the heart expressed through a lifestyle of holiness. So through worship, we're able to surrender. We're able to give our whole hearts. We're able to take our eyes off of who we are, what we've done, what we don't have, what we do have, what's happening, what's going wrong. We all love to look at that and focus on that, right? What's going wrong? Oh, no, God, you got to fix this the situations at work, the situations at home, and we shift our focus onto him, onto God, onto God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, living a lifestyle of worship. I believe worship can take on many forms. Like we talk about in our home, in our workplace, living a lifestyle of worship. But me being the worship leader, I like the musical side of it. That's my favorite part. that's how I connect, that's how I surrender, is through music and prayer. I feel like there's something so special about music, even from the beginning of time, there was something so special that music touches the heart in a way spoken word can't, many times. Music can move the soul. I love music, I love all kinds of music, I love classical music, I love jazz, I love big band, I, I mean like, so many, so much, and I, I love it when you, you can hear a piece of jazz with no words at all, but feel it down here. You, you can feel the expression, what that person is going through. I love in, in classical where you're moved in so many emotions. It can be happy with one sound and the depths of despair in another. Opera, I don't know what they're saying. I have no clue but you can feel the passion. You can feel the drama. You can feel the love. Music is transcendent. It it takes you past everything else, and it speaks to your soul. Through the musical form of worship, I believe we're able to accomplish several things. There's a vertical form of worship where we're able to join together as a body, which is one of my favorite times. I love coming together with you guys because I feel like we can enter in a new presence, into a new part of who God is when we come together and we worship him. We're coming together as one body and we're searching after him and we're, we're, we're calling out. And when we're calling out together, it brings depth and it brings life. We're able to proclaim who he is and what he's done. And then there's the horizontal where I can, where it gives me an opportunity to lay, let down my walls. You know, those things that throughout the week, stress and burdens and heaviness and, and fears and doubts, we're able to lay all of that down and say, God, here am I. I submit everything that I am to you. Everything that I have to you. So through that, why is it wise to worship. Through our worship, we surrender and submit ourselves to who God has called us to be, opening our hearts to receive forgiveness, to receive healing, to receive love, hope, knowledge, and I love the word that Brady used last week, that chokhmah. I probably said it wrong, but they were Yeah. That. And if you didn't listen to it last week or you weren't here, you need to listen to the podcast because it was really awesome. Tim and I were talking about the, the five wisdom books in the Bible, in Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. And it shares over and over again the benefits of wisdom. When we open our hearts, when we release that self-doubt, that fear, when we give everything, when we surrender, he brings in life. He brings in knowledge. I, love, I was reading through a lot of the Psalms and Proverbs, and um, I just loved this verse. It doesn't really have to do with anything that I'm talking about, but I feel like it's something that Brady and Tim, like, wrote together. So it's Proverbs 12.1. You'll like it, Brady. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, okay? Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid, That's the part Tim wrote, just so you guys know. The rest of it was Brady. Um, (laughs) I just think it's so funny because whoever hates correction is stupid. Okay, sorry. So, talking more about The Proverbs, my favorite verse that has gotten me through so much of life, so many obstacles in life, so many things happening, the things where I don't know, God, I don't know where you are right now. I don't know who you are right now. I don't know where I'm going right now. Many of you walked with us. I'm not going to cry, and I didn't bring this up in first service. Maybe I'm going to cry, okay. (laughs) Where we struggled for many years to grow our family. And many of you walked with us through that battle and there were times where our marriage was in a rocky place because we were just, we had no hope. And this, yeah, sorry, with infertility, but now we have two beautiful babies and they're in the nursery and they love people. So that's it's amazing and I praise God every day for it. But um, Proverbs 3, verses five and six says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. That is is why there is wisdom in worship. That is why it is wise to worship, to let go of those walls, to bring peace. He brings peace, he gives rest, and he brings a fullness that this earth cannot provide. So where where do we worship? Okay, this is the participation thing again. Where do we worship? Yay, good job. Everybody gets A+. Together, right here, right now, this is where we worship in small groups. When you're gathering together for coffee and Bible studies, when you um, are just gathering in any place with other believers, for the word says where two or more are gathered together, he is in the midst. If we can't be who God has called us to be right here and right now, how are we going to be it out in the world? I wanna encourage you today, how are you living your lifestyle? Right here, right now, in front of other believers, because that's gonna translate into the world. In our homes, another place to worship in our homes, in that secret place, in that prayer closet where it's just you and God, with your spouse, with your children, your children are watching you. They're seeing everything that you're doing. Are you worshiping God in your home? Are you bringing him glory in everything that you do? Are you speaking with kindness? Listen, I have twins, and there's moments where I just want to scream, but I have to remember the love of God that he's given me. I know there's moments where God wants to scream at me too, where he's like, what are you doing? That's how I feel sometimes with my kids. That's okay, there's still blessings and I'm still thankful every day that I have that blessing in my life. At your place of work, with your boss, with your fellow employees, with your customers. Listen, guys, I've worked in customer service for many years. I know dealing with people can be very interesting. I've had people yelling in my face. I've had angry phone calls. I've got all kinds of things. But <laughs> but does does your lifestyle Does your life display a lifestyle of worship that leads others to Christ? How is your response? What are your words like? Do you speak with kindness? Do you speak with love in the midst of that anger? The the Proverbs talks about it all the time, about how a gentle tongue turns away wrath. I mean, that is our calling. There's a book called The um, The Practice of the Presence of God. Has anybody ever heard of it? Yes. Here it is right here. Oh, it's so cute. It's this little book. It was 99 cents. My grandmother gave it to me. And several copies, I guess, just to make sure I got it. I don't know. Maybe she was trying to tell me something. She had so many copies of this book. Um, but I have several at home as well. The book is about a monk in the 1600s called Brother Lawrence. And it's about his life... And his life's journey to display the awesomeness of God's presence in everything he did. In everything he did. I'm going to read just a little excerpt here. (laughs) If you haven't read it, I mean, look at it. You can read this in, like, very shortly. Um, Only recently... Brother Lawrence was asked to go into Burgundy to get supplies for the monastery. This chore was difficult for him because, first of all, he had no head for business. And secondly, he was lame in one leg and could not walk on the boat without falling against the cargo of barrels. But neither his awkwardness nor the errand in general caused him any distress. He simply told God that it was his affair, after which he found out everything turned out nicely. Things went the same way in the kitchen of the monastery. Oh, who loves kitchen work dishes? It's so fun. No, not at all. I hate it. Uh, (laughs) Dishwashers, thank you, Jesus. Um, So in the kitchen of the monastery where he worked, although he once had a great dislike for kitchen work, he developed quite a fancy for doing it over the 15 years He was there, oh Lord, can you imagine working in a monastery kitchen for 15 years? Okay. Uh, (laughs) He attributed this to his doing everything for the love of God, asking as often as possible for grace to do his work. He said that he was presently in the shoe repair shop and was liking it very much. He would, however, be willing to work anywhere always rejoicing at being able to do little things for the love of God. That's our calling. In the kitchen, doing errands, repairing shoes. I know we don't repair shoes, but repairing shoes. That's our calling is to do it through the love of God. Everything that we are, everything that we have, doing it through the call and love of God. So why do we worship, or how, sorry, how do we worship? We've gone through all the others, now it's the how. Being the worship leader, there's many forms of worship, like we talked about earlier. But being the worship leader, I like to talk about the musical side, so that's what we're gonna talk about this morning. And Tim can elaborate on other forms later. That's your job. (laughs) So as we come together corporately, I believe we're different parts of the body and I believe we can outwardly worship him through several forms. For many an outward display of worship like raising their hands, shouting, clapping, jumping, it's what comes natural. That's me. I'm part of that group. You'll see me dancing with my guitar and I'm afraid I'm going to hit something. I'm kicking my legs, you know, that's where I can't wear shoes, guys. My feet are too busy. It's just it's just crazy. When I was younger, I was a dancer in my church. And for a while, dancing was the only way that I could feel close to his presence. I remember a time where we were in a service and I was dancing with everything that I had, every amount of energy, every breath, it was, I was just in his presence. And I remember at one point I dropped to the ground because his presence was just so heavy that I couldn't move, I couldn't do anything once I was no longer dancing, I had to retrain myself to enter into his presence because I had gotten so used to, okay, this is how I worship. But there's so many other forms of worship and we have to always keep that in our minds, that it's not about one thing, but it's about everything that he is. There are others, like my husband, who being still in his presence comes naturally. I'm going to raise my hands. Let's shout. Let's say amen. That's right. That's right. That's me right there. My husband, on the other hand, he reflects. He's quiet. He wants to put his full focus on the Lord. Sometimes that's difficult to understand. We actually got in a little bit of a tiff about it last night Uh, (laughs) while I was preparing my message. But that's okay because I truly, I truly believe that the Lord... Our Father God delights in both forms because we're shifting our focus off of us. We're shifting our focus off of this right here and we're putting everything we are into him. What does that look like for you? Some have never experienced that quiet, deep, secret place of God. For those, I have a little bit of a format. When I was dancing, I worked with a ministry that traveled around and taught on the tabernacle and taught on the different pieces of furniture and what their meanings were. And I'm kind of kind of take from that a little bit. So in the tabernacle, when you first go in, is anybody familiar with the tabernacle at all? A little bit? Okay. I'm just going to kind of breeze through a little bit. There's the brazen altar. So that's where the animal came in and was sacrificed. Jesus, that's him. Yes, he was the one that sacrificed himself for us. But there at the brazen altar, a spotless animal was sacrificed. So at the brazen altar, we come before the Lord and we say, God, I confess my sins before you. I ask forgiveness for everything that I've done that has taken me out of your presence. Father God, I pray that you would cleanse me the next step at the laver where they wash their hands God, cleanse me and sanctify me. Make me pure before your presence. The next step is the holy place. And in the holy place, there was the table of showbread where you communed and you fellowshiped. He's calling us to commune and fellowship with him. There was the seven branch lampstands, which was the only light in the holy place. That's where we come before him and we say, Holy Spirit, fill me up. He's our helper. He's our counselor. He's the one that directs every step that we take. He's that still small voice. And then beyond there is the altar of incense where we lift up our prayers and requests. Okay, so it wasn't until there that they lifted up their prayers and requests. How many times do we come into prayer and we say, Oh, dear God. I really need that money to come through and I need you to tell my husband that he was wrong and I need the house to be cleaned. So can you give me extra money so I can hire a housekeeper? Cause this is just getting out of control. Uh, Instead, he wants us to come and say, God, cleanse me. Let me be more like you, sanctify everything that I am to bring glory to you. Let me commune with you. Let me be with you. Fill me with who you are. Then they go into the Holy of Holies. Now into the Holy of Holies, only the high priest went one time a year. If he had any sin in his life, because of the presence of God, he would drop dead instantly. Could you imagine being in a presence like that? It's overwhelming to think about. But that's where he wants us to come. He wants us to be in that secret place. He wants to be where we are just one-on-one with him. This is the format that we're gonna use for Friday night's worship. So I encourage you to come. I encourage you to take a night, don't worry about what's going on around you. Don't worry about life, but come and just sit in his presence. For that is where he brings change and he brings renewal. So with the worship side of it, of how do we worship? How do we worship in our everyday lives? W come. You have to set aside time to be in his presence, to read his word and in prayer. It has to be a priority. Right there. You see the four priorities of our church. Through this, we set our hearts on Jesus to ensure we are moving in his direction. In Proverbs 4:23, it says, Guard your heart above all else. For it is determined, it determines the course of your life. What is guarding your heart right now? Is it letting go of people? Is it letting go of things? Is it letting go of that toxic relationship? Is it selling something? Is it not listening to certain bands? Is it not watching certain movies? Is it not being part of certain activities? What in your life do you need to guard from? As we guard, we also become more Christ-like, bringing love to the hurting hope to the desperate, and light to the darkness. That is our calling. That is the reason why we're here. That is the reason he has called you, is to bring light. My husband gets on to me all the time because I talk to total strangers. I get it from my grandfather. I saw a lady the other day, I said, you know, I really like that shirt on you. I don't know her, but that brought a smile to her face. You don't know what's going on in that person's life. You don't know that they just had a a family member pass away. They just got fired from their job. You don't know what's going on. And you are the light in that moment. It sounds silly, but one of my deepest regrets is I was in Publix one day, and this lady behind the deli counter, I was ordering subs because you know Publix subs are the best. (laughs) And this lady said, You know, I really like your purse. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Give her your purse. I was like, Well, that's funny. That's weird. (laughs) I'm going to just hand my purse over to this lady. I don't know. To this day, I regret it because I don't know what that could have changed in her life. So as we close, I encourage you to meditate on who He is and through worship how you can draw closer to him.